welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. We are so excited to be here talking with one of our favorite hall stars here. We have Christopher Paloha here on the podcast and I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Anna's here. Hey everybody. And Christopher, thank you so much for coming on talking with us. You're so welcome, Rachel. Yeah. So we haven't talked to you since we did our ranking episode uh, last year in 2020. So it's been about a year and a half since we've had you on the show. So uh, how you been? I've been? Yeah, been good. Things have been well. How have you been? Congratulations on the acceptance into the Critics Association. That's a Thank big deal. You. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a big honor. Very exciting to get made a member of the Hollywood Critics Association. And I never thought I'd hear my name alongside Hollywood or anything. Cool, <laughs> so, right? Very exciting. But uh, but yeah, uh, you've had quite the uh, quite the COVID post COVID year. I guess you'd say. Yeah, it's been, you know, COVID, it's like, it's like survivor's guilt, you know, when, when there's an awful tragedy that happens and you happen to be in the same building, but you walk out unscathed. Right. What's better for it. You have this weird feeling of like, well, I mean, and with COVID, um, you know, as the world shut down, I don't know what happened. I had an explosion of creativity and, um, you know, Anna Gomez and I partnered up and we were able to write moments like this during the quarantine that I was in for Jurassic and then that book was released in March and um, you guys you guys were awesome to support it your listeners and the people the readers who picked that book up um, you know our we sold 10,000 copies in the first month I mean it was an unbelievable success and I've got a producer friend who you guys actually know um, I, I will keep everything unofficial and off the record and I won't name names right now but who's we are in, uh, currently in talks to turn moments like this into a film. Book two is coming out in the end of March of 2022, um, which was written during quarantine of Mystery 101 in, and, and throughout the course of this year. For two Mystery 101s, there was quarantines, those 15 days. So that the COVID thing, as awful and horrendous as it, as it is and has been for so many people, it forced me into... Uh, solitude and I'm married and I have, we, my wife and I have three kids and being able to find 15 days to sit down and write and I was writing like 12 hours a day I mean we jammed up 80,000 wow. I jammed up 80,000 words in 15 days oh. on two occasions um, and so to be able to, to 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 find the time to do that like it only was made possible because of the forced limitations that COVID put on our lives so um you know, God willing, I haven't gotten sick. My, none of my family's gotten sick. Uh, I know that it's caused so much grief and division, but uh, I'm also looking at the silver lining of it. And, and I, I can't help but be grateful for the time that it afforded me to be able to do the things um, that I've been able to do. And weirdly, like within the first week of the pandemic, uh, I had this sort of fever dream about a children's book. And so before Anna Gomez and I even became collaborators, I woke up and wrote a children's book. And then over the course of the year, I'll show you one illustration. Over the course of the year, this is a, this is, you guys are breaking a story right now. Oh, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm using your podcast to, uh, so I don't know if you can see it or not, but this is an mm. illustration of a children's book that I wrote called How Are You Loved? Here's the title page. How cute. And illustrated. Ah, love that. We did this amazing job. And um, and that was that was that kicked off my pandemic. That kicked off the whole thing. And then 
And then Anna Gomez and the Kona with Love series happened quickly thereafter. And, and I have been able to work and was able to make some movies thanks to Hallmark and Universal. So it's been, it's been productive. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that that has hopefully been, even if it's just like a silly thing during the pandemic, like, you know, baking sourdough or something like that, like hopefully it has inspired all of us to learn something new or, or found new aspects to our, to our lives. I think, I mean, I would argue, cause you know, I'm doing that, the little, the Palaha Chautauqua and I would argue, I'm talking to, to these different people all over the world. And while the first three or four months was causing a lot of anxiety and depression for most of us, I think everyone kind of, if you had the tools mentally and physically to, to wrap your mind around what, was happening, I think most people were able to take a hold of this, you know, the tiger by the tail, so to speak, with COVID and just ride it in a direction that was unexpected. I know so many people started new careers or yeah. the one that they were already on or focused the pursuits that they had. Relationships became, I mean, how many Zoom birthdays did we have last year? Or mm. wouldn't a lot been- of a lot of quarantine babies. We <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot there for everyone. Right. Um, oh, very good. Uh, well, so last time we were on, we talked to you about uh, Wonder Woman 84. Yes, yeah. I I really enjoyed your part. And I was going into the movie. I was like, okay, he said it's going to be small and it's going to be something that will be tickled by. And so I'd already told my husband, cause I knew I'm a person who has to have a reaction to stuff. Like I'm just that person. So I said, okay, when I see him, I'm going to like elbow you persistently for like, you know, two minutes. And so you come on the screen and I'm elbowing him and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like so excited. And I did think it was funny. I had fun with it. I thought it was funny and I enjoyed your part in the movie. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. <laughs> I caught, I caught, um, I caught the, the movie caught a little flack. It's so funny. My buddy called me in uh, on December 26th and he woke up and he's like, dude, I just went on Twitter. And he's like, you are all over my Twitter feed. And I'm like, why would happen? He's like, handsome man, like raped by Wonder Woman. Like there was no consent. What happened? Oh people were so, people got so bothered by the fact that his body was taken over and then put into combat. All this stuff, you know, happens to this guy. And they're like, where's his family? Did he have, mm. like, was anybody worried about this guy? And I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. Of course, think- pitched, uh, of course, my immediate pitch was like, well, what if my guy was the Duke of Deception? And like, what if he is, like, he knew that he was up to this and, and you know, and mm. put Scarborough in his own body because he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, people take these superhero movies very seriously yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Uh, but, uh. I was long for the ride. I was, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I didn't think too hard about it. So <laughs> yeah, you're like, I liked it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I remember before it aired, you were so excited because that's your favorite. That's your favorite superhero movie, right? Yeah, yeah. it's definitely yeah. Rachel's favorite, but I, yeah. I mean, I love it as well. I just love superhero movies. They're, they're mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk mystery 101. This yeah. second movie, the deadly history, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So the internet exploded at the ending <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> we have to talk about it. So what was happening? What is going on? And are, you're going to make more, right? 
Do you tell us? Do you know? Um, I can tell you that we will make more. Um, Ooh, that's really because they're canceling these mystery series, Doctor Ryan. We're getting really Ooh. concerned. Um, I think that I think that I'm speaking so out of school right now because I do not work for Hallmark other than I'm a brand ambassador as an actor for them. Um, I love you know the Christmas movies that I get to do obviously the Mystery 101, and I hope to be in business with them for for many years to come. Um, but I don't speak for them, and I do not speak. You know, I don't know the in and outs of, of what they're doing day to day. I know that they are rejiggering their approach to mysteries. Um, and I think that, I mean, as a viewer, I think you can see a lot of redundancies between the different mysteries. It's like a girl with a quirky job meets up with a cop and then they solve crimes together. And so I think the idea is why don't we do mysteries and just make them a little more interesting or a little more diverse or a little more, let's just kind of mix up the formula but um, I do know that Mystery 101 has performed really, really, really well for the network. Yeah. They get big numbers rating wise and they, they sell overseas internationally. And I think per a few conversations I've had with people at the network that um, there's still very much a heartbeat in the show and mm -hmm. still very much love to continue telling the story of Travis and Amy and Graham. And, um, and so there will be more. I think that the fans can can take a deep breath and know that there is more to come. Were you surprised when you read that ending? Oh the my script? God. Yeah. <laughs> I read it and I said, holy cow, wait a minute, what? I already shaved, like we should have shot this first. <laughs> I was like, I had a beard, like why didn't we just use that? And mm. um, I was like, so what happens? And basically, I mean, I, I know what happens. I could spoil it for everybody. Yeah. But I don't think that'd be I mean, fun. it's been so long. It, we can talk about it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Not really. Um, yeah. But I mean, it I mean, made no sense. Like, why does she all of a sudden have this new person in her? Like, what? When you, when you find out, <laughs> take on what was what we have number eight. Like, number eight's locked and loaded. It's written. It's ready mm. to go. Um, and when you hear what, what he has done with it, you guys will be, it's a, the payoff is worth all of the, the drag. People were upset. It better be. <laughs> I was upset. I wasn't upset. I was just sad. I was like, we have this romantic scene where they're like above this staircase railing and like so yeah. sweet. And then it's like whiplash, bam, your heart's broken in a million pieces. I was like, no. <laughs> what? Why are you? Yeah, my mom texted me. She was like, um, did I see what I just thought I saw? I rewound it. <laughs> you know what's amazing though? I gotta be honest. How cool is it that how cool is it that we got away with that on a Hallmark mystery movie? That we were able to I barely got away with it. <laughs> well, what we did though, like I mean, what we did, here's what happened. We took something that everyone was expecting to go one way and did something completely different with it. And yes, people are upset and people have threatened never to watch again. And they broke the internet and people are like, how dare you? And I was like, okay, we get it. However, there is anticipation for what's to come. Yes. I think that like, even, I mean, I, I, across the board, like everyone's like, it was smart. Like I thought, it, I think it's really, it was, it was a brilliant move on John's part. Like, I think he was the guy who it was his idea they, and, and the network let him do with it. So it was a brilliant part on, you know, Randy Pope and everybody at Hallmark who agreed to it. Um, Heather, uh, Heather is our executive, sort of our VP. Um, 
Heather Overton and she was, you know, like her support and her encouragement for the story to be told the way it was. And then Stacy, who directed it, like we just had a great director. Um, and I loved where it was going, where it became more of a threesome with you had Graham, Amy, and then Travis, and each of them were kind of moving to solve this. So there was an evolution in the nature of the show, which I think is healthy and smart. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, if we if we push through with eight as, as it's written, or if we kind of alter that and see what happens when it happens, and, and we'll see what happens. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Sometimes love needs a little push. Lizzie Shane, the award-winning author of The 12 Dogs of Christmas, has a brand new small town romance set in Pine Hollow, Vermont, where every happily ever after begins with adopting an adorable rescue dog. First love gets a second chance into all the dogs I've loved before when the town librarian mischievous Australian shepherd keeps getting loose and fetching her ex, the town sheriff. Lizzie Shane's Pine Hollow series has been called an irresistible blend of heart, humor, and a whole lot of puppy love. And to all the dogs I've loved before is available now wherever books are sold. To learn more, visit www.lizzieshane.com. That's lizzieshane.com. Be, in the meantime, uh, there's a whole nother cycle starting on a whole nother network. Can you guys... I saw that. I saw your, I saw that about Lifetime um, series you're going to be in. Ooh. It's a with Angie Harmon. It's Angie Harmon. Yeah. yeah. Called, tentatively, it's called Barstow. And um, I've, I've mentioned this, I, I teased this on my Chautauqua, but I had to show my bum, my, my naked bum. <laughs> I mean. Not on homework anymore. <laughs> ain't your homework movie, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see we'll see uh how that turns out but i'm pretty excited about that that was howie deutsch directed it howie deutsch oh. you know howie deutsch from do you know when that's coming on um i don't i don't yet but i do know that um that the folks at lifetime have were watching the dailies and they're really excited about it and i know that mm. they're gonna they just did an announcement and in, in, is it deadline Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like this week or yeah, something last them. week, Monday yeah. or Tuesday or something. And, yeah. But well, because that's our real quick, we have to ask you about the Jurassic World Dominion. Obviously, you can't tell us much, but was it, that must have been an amazing thing to be part of such a spectacle movie? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Uh, it, <laughs> Rachel, it was like, I, but people say like, what's your favorite job? Uh-huh. I'm gonna now have to say forevermore it was Jurassic World Dominion because we started filming February in Canada in the snow with horses and just these amazing, beautiful, we were like way up in Canada, further north and, and east than I'd ever been in my life. And there was a stuntman there named Danny Virtue who has been around forever, long white hair. And this guy was, he's just a horseman. Like he knows horses, like, like big wave surfers, no waves. And, and so that's where we started. And this was pre-pandemic. And then all of a sudden everything right. shut down. And so now we're supposed to go and we filmed the rest of it in the UK. So we went to London to film at Pinewood Studios and, um, and everything shut down. Gosh. I remember when Donald Trump was like, no more flights. We're not flying any flights. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> we're done. Like the movie, what's happening? And the director, Colin Trevorrow, called up and was like, I've been able to devise a plan. And Universal's bought it. 
and we are going to be the tip of the spear. We're going to be the first production to start shooting in all of the world. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, we're going to start back up June 1st. We're all going to live at a hotel together. So we're going to become like one family. So we literally, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Chris, Gosh. Scott Hayes, um, Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, every, everybody, like yeah. everybody in the movie was wow. living in this hotel and we would go to work and then we'd come home and you would just like see each other and hang out because there was nothing else to do. And there mm. were some parks that we were allowed yeah. to like run in. And so there was a little bit of movement, um, but it was just this extraordinary experience. DeWanda Wise is in it. She's amazing. Deachin Lachlan's in it. Um, Campbell Scott is in it. I mean, we're talking like, it's an amazing cast of people. Um, and then, uh, and again, small part, spoiler. <laughs> All I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm limiting myself to tiny little roles in these giant blockbusters because I just want to increase my footprint on the Hallmark, yeah. you know. Right. <laughs> I, need to, I need to up my stakes at the Hallmark company. Um, <laughs> but again, it's, um, it was one of those jobs where, uh, yeah, when you see it, you, like it, my character has these little pockets that go throughout. Um, Colin Trevorrow, the guy who wrote it and directed it, he created, I, it, for fans of Jurassic Park and World, it is the greatest capstone to a trilogy or a six part anthology mm -hmm. in the history of cinema. I honestly think it's gonna break records. I think it's gonna be the biggest movie of all time. Wow. It's, it's, it's genius. It's literally the story that he tells and the way that he wove the old Jurassic Park for dads like me and for like, I was a kid when that movie came out. Um, and what he's done with Jurassic World, all of it. I'm writing an article, uh, hopefully for for hopefully for like Vanity Fair or for New York or someplace. I'm going to try to submit it for those, but about Colin and his journey with the, the Jurassic Park franchise because it's um it's been going since the like 90s, and he yeah. he's 100% the man for this job, and he crushed it. Can't wait to Thanks. see it. I can't wait to. I I have to say the last one was not my favorite, so I hope. I hope I yeah, no, this one. because Colin, yeah, it was a, there was a whole thing. There was a, he started Jurassic World and then was going to go do Star Wars and then someone else did. Mm -hmm. now, now we're getting, but number two was the setup. So yeah, cool. It was, the, it was always the bridge, but we knew that when we saw it. That's why you, yeah. felt, you felt, you were like, okay, that's the <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right. Well, we have a Dickens of a Holiday coming up on Hallmark Channel. And uh, this sounds really fun. Uh, and so you're putting out a, like a production of... Christmas Carol or something like that? What, okay. what is it exactly? So here's, here's what I'm going to say, ladies. I've done how many Hallmark movies now? How many do we know? 
of like I'm I don't not know, sure. 11 or well, I think it's like seven. Yeah, oh well, that, that's just Hallmark. That's not including mysteries, but mysteries. Yeah. yeah. So for for the Christmas movies, though, I've done like I think four. This is my, my this might be my fifth one. Um, this is my favorite. Like I'm bi- I'm super biased. We you even did this. We ranked it. I was like, I can't rank babies. <laughs> I'm ranking them. This kid is my favorite kid. Okay. Billy Sherman Wolf script. I can't wait. Yeah, it was the most fun I've had. Uh, Brooke Dorsey was an unbelievably awesome leading lady to work with. So encouraging, whip smart, funny, just the best sense of humor. Antonio Cupo, who's also an actor. You guys have known him. him. He was our producer, like our creative producer. Oh, I didn't know that. Whip smart. Like the guy would be like, great that was a great take but what if you tried it like and i was like great didn't take do that let's do it and then personally i don't know if you guys have watched close enough closely enough the movies but my character in uh rocky mountain christmas graham was very specific like i wanted him to be this very specific character and then when i got cast in hearts of christmas i was like well i can't, I can't be the same guy so he's altered. He's a little different. And then when I did Small Town Christmas, I obviously imitated Jimmy Stewart and was like, I'm going to create a totally different you know, character. And then Double Holiday was divergent enough where I didn't feel the need to like do anything other than just be like the guy that you saw in Dater's Handbook or the guy that like just, you know, just a charming actor. But one of my goals with Hallmark was always to do like a British accent to really go deep dive on character acting. And in a Dickens of a holiday, I get to have a British accent. I get to play Santa Claus. I get to play this total <laughs> D-bag of a Hollywood. <laughs> Come on, everybody. And then like all of a sudden he turns into this really sweet guy. And you're like, oh, I, oh, I, like it. Like, it I love really that. Fun, like personally, the experience was good, clean, pure, fun. And then the job itself, like the, the role that I got to play was just such a thrill, like just a, a just a juicy joy. So I can't wait to share it with the audience. And I think that people are gonna really, really love it. Does, does your character have like a Scrooge Christmas Carol arc throughout the movie? He does, yeah, because he starts okay. out like he's, so think in terms of when I say A-list movie star, think of terms like literally like Vin Diesel. Like imagine, okay. Diesel, like we haven't seen him really stretch his acting muscles, but he's super successful in his Fast and Furious franchise. The dude makes gobs of money. He's a big, big movie star, yeah, but yeah. it's not like um, actor. Timothy Thash, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, or he's not like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah. like somebody who like we're like you know. We'll... And so my character Jake, his, his last name is Dorsey. And I'm <laughs> Dorsey, that's, funny. that's good. Yeah, like, Brooke Dorsey. Um, <laughs> Jake Dorsey is like he's just an A-list movie star. He's got this franchise called Full Throttle. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, exactly. and, uh, Homer always runs the line of like almost inappropriate. We're like, skew that a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's uh, it's funny because it's like so he so he's a total he's not he's lost he's he doesn't come home anymore for Christmas he's abandoned his sort of roots for the for the sake of you know being big time Hollywood guy and has an assistant does the whole thing um, and then comes home only because he thinks that this girl that he loved in high school, who, who Brooke plays, her name is Cassie, um, went off and became a big time Broadway director and that she's coming home to direct A Christmas Carol. And he thinks it's just gonna be good for his career. He thinks by being in 
by, by playing Ebenezer Scrooge with this big time Broadway director as the director, it's gonna give him sort of that boost that he needs because there's this movie called The Dunes of Eastland, which is a fictional book that his mother who has passed away, it was her favorite book and he wants to play the lead and they're not taking him serious. So the stakes are high for Jake. Like he, he needs to prove himself as an actor so that the director or so that the producers of Dunes of Eastland see him as a legitimate actor to like play this part. And um, through the course of the film, you see this softening of like who he is as a man and you see him become better as an actor. It's really fun. It's fun. It's cool. And Sounds you know, really good. The job for me was I had to create enough of an arc like I had to do two things. One, Jake has to start here like as a blowhard and here <laughs> like as an actor. Like he has to be not a good actor and a big blowhard. And then through the course of the film, you have to see those two things like shift so that as an actor, you buy it. And then as a person, you buy it. So yeah. pay off for the relationship. And then Cassie played by, by Brooke, her story is amazing because she did go to New York, got married, gave up her dreams, got divorced. And she's actually back home living with her mom, kind of licking her wounds. And it's her first time directing in like seven years. And so she's mm. terrified. And then this A-list movie star shows up and starts to steamroll her. And she's like, hold on, wait a minute. And then all of a sudden you see how they work. I mean, so it's really, I, I, it's great. Like it's a great movie. Mm. Do you think that this is a movie that would have been made on Hallmark a few years ago? Or do you think it has a lot of new stuff that they're trying to change up stuff in it? Um, well, I don't know if you guys saw my little Instagram post on at Christmas movie and it's yeah. on a car with a green screen behind me. I think they allowed it to go to a little different place. And then one of the, like me as a goofball, you know, Palaha as an actor, I was like, I'm not going to wear a scarf in this movie. <laughs> and I told Antonio, and I said, I'm just not going to wear a scarf. And he's like, are you serious? Because they came to me, costume came to me one day. They're like, which scarf do you want? I was like, I don't wear either one of those. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, no. I said, let's just do a Hallmark movie where the guy doesn't wear a scarf. Let's be, we want to see how radical it can be. Let's do that. So yeah. there are changes. Thinking Scarf-less. outside the box. <laughs> there are changes that are happening. I mean, okay. the But I mean, honestly, though, like when I say that the evolution at Hallmark, I don't think that these movies are are, are so radically different than they were even two, three years ago, five years yeah. ago. I think that they've got more attention. I think the talent that's being drawn to them um, continues to just be more interesting and more diverse. And so that you're mm-hmm. getting this broader, wider group of people who are wanting to come play in the sandbox. But I think the Hallmark bubble, that little snow globe that Hallmark sets up that we invest in and, and sort of disappear into. And the reason why people love these movies so much is that it's a, it's a it's a world that you enter because you want to be in that world yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's changed. I don't think that it's. Oh yeah. I think it's still the same feel good, you know, mm-hmm. that it's always been. I have the fun cast with Brooke, and then also Camille Mitchell is in it, who we I got to interview a couple of weeks ago, and I just loved her so much. Yeah. It was so fun, and um, I didn't know Antonio was involved. That's great. Yeah, Antonio Cupo, Chad Willett. Have you guys ever met Chad Willett? No, that sounds familiar, but sounds I can't familiar, picture what though. it looks like. Yeah, when he worked with Brooke in a previous film, I forget which one, but um, he plays my older brother, and and again, it's got all of the juicy. I mean, our our you know dad is MIA, mom died you know five years ago in the in the story, and 
brother and I don't get along. And it's got all the, the tenets of the Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like with Rocky Mountain Christmas, he was an actor, sort mm-hmm. of lines of like, you know, like me or Jig Gyllenhaal or somebody who's a serious actor who's going to study the role and wants to get deep into their part and goes to a ranch to study what ranch life is and falls in love. So it was, it was tamer, but this whole idea of like, it's that wish fulfillment, right? It's when the prince comes into town or the, the movie star on, you know, it, the skies comes into town and you realize you fall in love with the person and then you realize all this good stuff comes with the package. You're like, oh wait, you're rich and you're famous and you're this and that and the other. That's kind of, I think, so that hasn't changed. I think that's all still there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just diff- it's approached differently. Like on the front end, we know this guy's, he's a bit of an a-hole. He's a bit of a, he's like, who is this guy? And I played him so that he would kind of be unlikable at the front end. <laughs> so we'll I'm sure he will be. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I love how he storms into the auditorium saying bah humbug like he's excited. I just right. love that in the promo. It's right. so funny. And also like, who interrupts a rehearsal with their entrance? It's like most people stand quietly at the back of the room with their coat in their arms and wait to be like brought in. <laughs> He's like, I'm here, everybody. <laughs> like yeah. being late, like it's like being like five hours late for a podcast interview. <laughs> so it's exciting. I mean, because the last time they did a Christmas Carol kind of esque movie <laughs> it was fine but they had one like jesse shram's character was supposed to be the scrooge character people were like begging to work with her i've never i mean and jesse shram is great but like i don't know it was just funny i was like i've never seen a scrooge archetype where people like loved it so much <laughs> like only on hallmark channel <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny brooke was like i've always been told to be lovely like that's my and my main note is like smile and be lovely, smile and be lovely. And I was like, Ooh. I was like, that's you know, that's that's one way to approach it. But like, what if you actually feel the emotion that you're feeling right now? Like, there's this wonderful scene at the end. Her performance, like, she cries and she just drops into this place where it's just true raw emotion. It was a beautiful performance. And I remember being there in the day and just you know, being an actor is really wonderful because you're in the moment, but at the same time, you're also an observer. Yeah. And you had a front row seat to somebody's work. And I remember when when Paul Ziller yelled cut, the director, um, I was like, holy cow, Brooke, you just, that was the opposite of lovely and smiling through something. I was like, that was like really amazing acting and you just crushed it. Uh, and she was like, I hope they use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, She's great. We'll we I love mean, her. I haven't seen the movie, so I could watch it with you guys and be like, ooh, <laughs> what happened? We got so much good stuff. If so you want to, we're available. We'll have a watch party. <laughs> so I'm going to be at that Christmas con thing, right? That's right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And the movie airs Friday night. Oh. So if any of your listeners are going to be there, I'm going to try to put on a, a, a rogue a guerrilla style screening at the hotel somewhere. I'm going to find a venue that can house enough people. We'll make sure that it's COVID um, appropriate or front safe. I don't know how, but we'll figure it out. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm going to try to watch it live with fans who are there and, um, mm. and Brooke said she's in. So Aww. it'll be like a live viewing party. We'll put in oh, a good word so for fun. us. 
We would love to interview Brooke, but she's like yes. impossible to get a hold of. But yes, I've loved her ever since <laughs> I uh, dropped a diva. <laughs> she doesn't. Uh, it's so funny. She's like, she's not alive on Instagram. She's got no, a yeah, nothing. But she doesn't post, and I'm like, why? And she's like, I'll do an interview if it's with you, but otherwise, I'm just oh like, man. Well, someday, I know. Someday yeah, our we lost it. <laughs> it was your shot. You never asked. I, uh, I mean, I thought about it, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, she's so great. We just love her. So yeah, well. tell her we, we love, love her. you. And we love you. <laughs> so, well, very good. We're excited about the movie. Congratulations on all you've accomplished and uh, going oh, forward. We're looking forward to everything coming up, especially when we get to figure out the real ending for mystery 101. Yes. I will be on my couch waiting to for it to I mean, start. Now I'm, just, now I'm just hoping it's off. I was going to be like John Christopher Plummer. Uh, dude, you better yeah. make this next one. Amazing. <laughs> Tell him we're upset. Yes. Um, we, you have our attention. That's for sure. So what we should do one day is have like a, cause you could, you could do like, we'll get John, Robin, Jill and I, um, it would be fun to do like a, you know, get Preston Vanderslice involved. Yes. We're, we're available. Name the time, name the place. All now right. Fancy Hollywood Critic Association member. We got. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. And yes. uh, what's your social media? People want to follow you. Yeah, please come check it out. It's Polahaha. That's at P-O-L-A-H-A-H-A on Instagram. It's at Chris Palaha on Twitter. Not so present on Facebook, but at this, but specifically Instagram is my jam over there. And um, I'm pretty active and I do a weekly show live on Sundays that people can always jump in on. And, and I just let, I, we'll go through and we have like, you know, we'll, it's almost a course. So there's a theme for a semester. And then I just go live with people for a semester. I just bring people on and they tell their stories. What, you know? Mm. It's a cool way Very to good. share the meaning of life. Very good. All right. Very good. Well, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, have a Merry, Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'd like to thank Christopher for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. We really had a great time talking with him. Hope you all enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section. And Anne, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at awscott21. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And then also make sure you're following the podcast, a Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. Five stars, please. We really appreciate it so much. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is really fun. And we're having director David Weaver on to watch Christmas Town next week. So make sure you check that out. And then we also have the merch store, which has tons of fun holiday inspired designs and Hallmark and uh, Hardee's and postables. So if you have somebody you're looking for a gift for, perfect place to go, check out our T Public store and all the information's in the description. So thank you so much again to Christopher and we'll talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas. Bye Merry everyone. Christmas. Bye.